Welcome back to the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Side effects include rolled eyes, sharp exhales through nostrils, and heart palpitations. How's everybody doing? Yeah. I can't make my eye roll make a sound. Otherwise, that would be my answer. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, everyone's in a picture of health, except for Vipera, who has a, an effective dexterity score of four. What is Vipera's dexterity score usually? Like, I want to say, like, probably 16 or 18. Oh, my yeah. God. Is it really? Yeah, I think it's like a... Give me a second. I, I'm pretty certain it's... It's got to at least 16? be 16. Oh, it's a, it's a seven... It's at 17. It's 17. Okay. So then... Uh, I'm at six. Yeah. So uh, you guys rummaged through your belongings, and you did find an old scroll of lesser restoration, which I think was left over from when you first met Umble and Thoot. I think they gave you guys two of those and you used one of them. So left over from a long time ago. That's about all I know. Yeah. Yeah. So Thalias used that and, uh, restored two of Vipira's dexterity damage. So that Vipira is now rocking a 16, uh, sorry, is now rocking a six, uh, which is, you know, Less than half, still, of her uh, full dexterity score. And you guys were just, uh, you know, just going to hunker down. And uh, Thalias has a couple spell slots that he can uh, prepare Lesser Restoration in after uh, a night's rest. So, so like, uh, take a couple of days right. and mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm. let Vipira heal up. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, what time did we get back to the campsite at? Because, like, we just, like, in my mind... It's pretty early. Yeah, we kind of just started the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious for the 24-hour rules. So if I have a full day's rest, I believe that I get, like I did for a full night's rest. Well, I think, because we were looking at these rules a couple weeks ago, and I think, like, obviously, your eight-hour rest heals you one point of ability damage. And I think if you... Do nothing but bed rest for 24 hours. You heal two points instead of one. Mm-hmm. There's also a mechanic under the heal skill called provide long-term care. If your heal check is successful, the patient recovers hit points or ability score points, lost to ability damage, at twice the normal rate. Two points per level for a full eight-hour rest in a day, or four hit points per level for each full day of complete rest two ability score points for a full eight hour rest in a day or four ability score points for a full day of complete rest. That action requires eight hours and the DC is huh, 15. So we could like, if we really, uh, if we really doubled down on this, Vipira could really, uh, uh, heal that dexterity damage real fast with some lucky restoration rolls too. Yep. Okay, so I just looked up the mechanic myself, and it is it's called Complete Bed Rest, and it restores two points of ability score damage for each ability score, but you, it needs to be for 24 hours. Yep. Right. So I'm going to say it's probably around noon right now for okay. you guys, with between all the time that you spent exploring the town, the combat, any time you spent just kind of like planning your next move. So if uh, if Vipera wants that second point of uh, ability damage uh, healed to her dexterity score, 
After she'll need to embed until twelve the next day. Yeah. Okay. That lazy ass. Which was probably going to be the case anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Yando is going to volunteer. Uh, he says she looks pretty bad. I can volunteer my uh, my services and try to expedite her recovery, unless someone else wants to volunteer to do that. Thelias has shifty eyes looking around like it's it's me right the healer to do the heal check or i mean i these hands were never made for patching up people they can barely keep my cargo in one one piece till i get to wherever they're going i take yando's hands in my hands and i compare them (laughs) who looks holier (laughs) you certainly look holier yando's hands what are are his hands like describe his hands to me uh, they're they're pretty rough, and uh, oh no, and green. No, that won't do. I'll do the heel check. Right. Well, just uh, just thought I'd offer, but you look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> well, that's good. So, so uh, old Yando's just gonna kick back and uh, leave you to it. All right. Do we want to take guesses at Thelias's heel heel <laughs> skill? Because I'm gonna say it's less than four. It is four. <laughs> it's exactly four. Okay. You end up at All plus, right. You end up at plus 11. Oh, um, my God. Did he really? Well, maybe no. if he had Go. soft healer hands, Go. I wouldn't have taken the approach that I just took. I mean, he's not he's not given by pure a massage. He's just, he's <laughs> providing first aid. But go ahead, Thelias. Oh, he is kind of a rough and tumble first aidy type guy, yeah. huh? He's, he's used to he's taking care of himself in the wilderness. He's got to know how to do that stuff. All right. I get. I enter into a sort of trance, and I pray to Shayla, and I say, "I don't ask you for much, but this time I'm gonna need some heal powers. Don't make me look like a fool in front of my friends." And I'll remind you that this this task will cost you eight hours. Eight hours of extreme Shaylin first aid healing <laughs> concentration incoming. Cool. Here we go. Hey, fifteen. Oh man! Oh, man. So Thelias that, does it. Yeah, that's right the there. amount, right? Yeah, that, oh. that was the DC. Uh, Shaylin so. decided to award me not a single point more than was needed. <laughs> tie goes so, to the attacker. Yeah, so that's that means right. that means you tied. So unfortunately, Vipira <laughs> is not given uh, long-term care. Yeah, okay, BS. <laughs> okay, so Vipira heals uh, two points. Of dexterity damage uh, after eight hours have passed. Let's let's pause for a second, and it's so eight hours is about to go by. Is anybody doing anything? Is anybody does anybody have anything they want to like talk to another character about, or just busy themselves with? I mean, it's like the middle of the afternoon, right? Yeah, like this. By the so by the time Vipira gets those two points of dexterity damage healed. Uh, it'll be 8 p.m. and it's like noon when he starts. Um, I don't think Rogia really has anything for now. Okay. Um, he's mostly like he took a little bit of damage, or he's still kind of recovering from not necessarily the fight we just had, but like the fights before. So he he's fine with just kind of chilling out, resting, and recuperating for a little bit. Viper is probably like. In between the quick naps and like, sometimes she gets like a, a, a little bit more of a poke uh, coming from Thelias. She's probably oh just <laughs> uh, 
she's probably just like really down right now. This is like her point of being like, this is like, this is worse than like, uh, like simultaneously how I feel about it. This is worse than death. Like, I, I don't want to be the person who pulls down everybody. Like, sh she's just moaning things like this the entire time. Right. Very woe is me recovery period. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Delias is a holy man. He can look past this, uh, this behavior. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody else have anything, or I, otherwise we can just fast forward. All right. Sounds like we're fast forwarding. Okay, so Thelias, uh, mm -hmm. your uh, long-term care uh, is successfully completed, and Vipira heals two points of dexterity damage. Excellent. Woo. So she is now up to an effective dexterity score of eight. And when I go to sleep, I know we're not quite there yet, but when that happens, no, just we're now close. I'll be preparing two lesser restorations. Okay. Okay, so it is now around 8 p.m., uh, sun's going down, getting real low. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, does anybody have that anything they wanted to do before uh, you guys go to sleep without taking any watches? No, we're taking watches. We're definitely <laughs> taking watches. Oh, that's not what I said. My peer's funny. taking the first watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to have... I was gonna ask Yendo to take first watch in Vipira's stead, since, I mean, if Vipira wants to be up and try to be alert, she can. But I'd rather have another, you know, non-paralyzed person on watch with her. Sure. Yeah, she'll probably be in on the like listening side of things. Okay. I'm picturing Vipira like strung up onto a like a handcart, like Hannibal Lecter. And that's how. Uh... <laughs> Hello, Clarice. Oh, I... <laughs> I had her envision more like a like a knapsack over the back end of a horse, just like you know, <laughs> you have a guy tied up, you throw him over the back, just on an elk that we didn't even yeah. get twenty four hours ago. Like, I barely know this elk. <laughs> you expect me to trust him? Yeah, you think Elsie's rethinking the decision to join up? No, he would never rethink. We're bonded or something. There's some like crazy connection we got. He was born for my soul. Hell yeah. Alright. Uh right. Yanda's like uh he's like, Yeah, alright, I'm used to keeping watches. I got no issues with that. And he uh, he looks over at Vipero who's just like I mean she's not that bad anymore. And he's like, It's just you and me, Vipera. <laughs> against the creatures. You're in here with me. Against the creatures of the night. Oh, uh, fantastic. All right, so... Uh, uh, Uhtred will take the last watch, as is customary. Yeah. And Elias will take the second watch, as is uh, customary tradition. All right. Rogiar will join uh, Uhtred on last watch, then. You guys are so cute with your <clears throat> routines. As is tradition. <laughs> so, Yando, what exactly... How long did everything take place under? I, I assume that this didn't happen in like a matter of seconds. Do you remember anything specific while the great change happened? Uh, Not to cut you off, but we've had that conversation already, like yesterday. You yeah, still have. You kind of. I just didn't know well, if you remembered. No, I mean, because he didn't... did give us like the time frame. 
I mean, he, he he told us like it's been like this for about a week, but we don't know exactly like the timeline. No, right? he said he saw the green light. He went to investigate, and then the stuff rolled in while he was investigating. Yeah, I, I guess I'm more or less asking like, was it all just an immediate change? Did you get caught up in the fog while you were like away from the town or uh, that type of stuff? Well, like I said yesterday, if you were paying attention. Uh, I just saw this great green flash in the direction of the town. I went to investigate, and everything was like it is now. The way you see it, the way you saw it today, Vipera, when I got here. So you got caught up in the fog? Yeah, when, uh, there was no fog at first. Fog came second. I was picking around the town trying to figure out what happened, and then that fog rolled in closed me in be perfectly honest whatever happened here stopped being my problem as soon as that fog showed up now i'm just trying to get out fair enough all right so uh let's get some perception checks from viper and yando that's a motherfucking 30 from yando jesus fucking rangers this guy's amazing (laughs) (laughs) uh 21 for viper yeah uh maybe maybe uh inspired by Yanda's uh, sharp senses and intuition and his professionalism on keeping watch. The two of you just kind of sit quietly and uh, wait out your watch and eventually it ends. Totally fair. I like it. Alright, who's up next? Uh, I'm in the second watch, if that's what you mean, but I need Uh, to be woken up. Yeah, you are uh, a a firm, rough, green hand uh, kind of rolls you a little bit in place. Vipira's also going to stay up for this watch as well. Because she's really got, she's still got I mean, eight hours you know, after a, this. Having a full day of bed rest usually means like actually resting. Yeah. Not like, I'm going to pull an all nighter. That'll help my body heal. Right. But like, I I rested all day, probably taking naps and things like that. She, she might be okay, a little bit Okay. So you think crazy. she's getting a little stir crazy? Yeah. Okay. I guess that's fair. All right. So Thalias, you hear of uh, Yando. He's like, Oi, Thalias, Mr. Healing Hands. It's your turn. Wow, what a dick. I mean, you, okay. you succeeded. He wasn't, yeah, 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 he yeah. wasn't being sarcastic. You did a yeah, bunch yeah. of healing yesterday morning that he saw. All right. I pop up and uh, thank him for waking me up and uh, tell him to stay safe. And uh, I go about my watch. Um, so Vipir is going to like look like she's asleep. And she's gonna try to grab a stone and try to chuck it into like another direction. Just make it sound like there's like to spook Thalias. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we need right now. <laughs> Liz Can and Thalias getting spooked. Okay. Uh I would like uh a ranged attack check. roll to represent you putting the stone where you want to. And then I would like a stealth check, uh, as per the sniper rules, to uh you know, when when Thalias whirls around to see what the noise was, he doesn't see you like like jostling throwing in rocks your, in your blankets. Yeah. yeah. All right, <laughs> my dex is terrible. Yep. And both things I asked you of uh, asked you for are uh, dex based. Ooh, but a uh, but a twenty though. And I'm rolling <laughs> perception. Um, you would be maybe? rolling perception. The time you still got to roll the range to ten. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, a, a six. I'm not trying to chuck it far, just like... Okay, so uh, this is what it says for the sniping rules. Uh, 
if you're within 10 feet from your target, you can make one ranged attack and then immediately use stealth again. You take a minus 20 penalty on your stealth check to maintain your obscured location. Now, you're not trying to remain obscured. You're just trying to look like you're sleeping. Right. So we'll give you a minus 10 penalty instead. So Which I think still passes. So what what was Thalias' perception? Uh, just the 9. 9. And Vipera got, looks like a 20. Yeah. Uh, minus 10 is a 10. Yeah. All right. Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, Thalias, you're uh, being uh, vigilant on your watch when all of a sudden you hear... And uh, so hold on, let's let's address Vipira's attack rolls. She's got a six. Yep. Um, I'm gonna say you did not get that stone where you wanted to. In fact, it probably hit like a tree on the edge of the blind. Sure. Instead of like falling into the bushes. So Thalias, you hear like a whack, uh, as if something uh something like struck a nearby tree. You whirl around and you see only darkness. Okay. And, and you're you're. Your trusted, uh, very uh, well, good friends, uh, all sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna go investigate with Elsie. I do uh, marine hand signals like. Come. So, Elsie, you see what I see? Hold. So, the Forward. moment like, uh, so I'm kind of like laying down on my stomach, and I kind of like huck it so, in the direction of which like you'd kind of have to go past me. In order I don't to know what you're going to do to me, but I'm going to go investigate the noise in the night while my friends are sleeping. So. I, <laughs> I was just going to grab your ankle and just be like, oh. <laughs> you absolute villain. <laughs> I love it, but you friggin' villain. Right. Do you grab my ankle? Yeah, Maybe I do. I'm not a range. I'd blow your head off. <laughs> <laughs> How spooked am I, Axel? You want to roll a percent die? <laughs> no, I'd like you to roleplay your character being spooked. <laughs> okay. Ah! <laughs> I'm probably... What are you doing? Uh, I've just been a little bit stir crazy. I was just having some fun. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to go check out that noise over there. <laughs> <laughs> it was me, bud. You can, uh, oh. you can, you can relax. I just tossed this stone over there. Okay. You got me. <laughs> I like to imagine uh, Thalias's shovel was probably <laughs> inches away from Vipir's throat. And Elksy's yeah. hoof was like right next to my head. All's well that ends well. <laughs> All right. Now, Thalias, I'd like you to make a perception check for your actual watch. Oh, but I blew my good one on the stone. <laughs> <laughs> you're six or you're nine. Uh, well, I was joking, but I rolled a 10. Perfect. Perfect. So it's perfect then. Yeah, everything seems perfect. <laughs> perfect. All right, yeah, your uh, your watch goes by uh, with no issues. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, then. I'll go wake up the next person. All right. The next people. The next people, that's right. So before... Uh... Before the third start, before the third watch starts, I want to do a little flashback. Mm. Oh, I love these. 
The scene opens with a flash as lightning fills the sky. The early afternoon sun can barely be seen through the canopy of dark storm clouds overhead, casting a wide but worn road of dirt and stone in darkness closer to that of dusk. Rain falls from the sky in sheets tossed nearly sideways this way and that by formidable gusts of wind. The road is riddled with huge dark puddles in the best of places and has become all but impassable with runoff akin to rapids in the worst. The rain pelts the scene with such ferocity that a mighty clap of thunder overhead is only faintly heard over the cacophony of fallen water. As we take in this mighty storm, we hear another sound, nearly swallowed up by the rain and thunder, the distressing braying of a donkey. We follow the sound, and at first, we can see only dark shapes on the side of the road next to one of the runoff rapids. We get closer and can see the shapes of two dwarves standing beside a donkey and cart. A voice calls out through the storm. Come on, Oscar! Dig in! Pull, you damn ass! Another brain calls out in response. As we grow close, another flash of lightning lights up the scene, and we can see Rogyar and his son Dolrin on either side of Oscar the donkey. Oscar has been unlashed from the cart and instead seems to be lashed to something off the road, down the slope of runoff. Oscar is straining with all his might while the two dwarves share in the labor, doubled over, pushing Oscar forward. Despite their efforts, Oscar isn't making any progress, simply straining in place against whatever it is he's meant to be pulling. A fresh rumble of thunder rolls over the road, and we can hear a new voice coming from off the road. Hurry! The trees are giving! With another flash of lightning, we can finally make out the full picture, and we can see another cart half-submerged in the rising water levels off the side of the road, clearly having been swept off by the forceful runoff, and now pinned sideways against the current and several trees. Even as we watch, the trees creak and sway threateningly, perhaps moments away from getting pulled out of the soaked earth by their roots, which would spell doom for the elderly man perched atop the water-swept cart. Dolrin lifts his head up and peers over Oscar's back to look at his father. Dad, Oscar's going to get pulled off the road with that cart. We we have to cut the line. Another splintering call of thunder calls through the air. Rogar doesn't lift his head up. He continues pushing with all his might and answers through grit teeth. Hawk doesn't light the forge, kid. Just keep pushing. A loud crack announces a large shift in one of the trees and Dolrin whips his head back at the doomed cart as it jostles dangerously in the current's fear in his eyes. He turns back to Rogyar. He's just an old merchant. Why are we risking our lives, Oscar's life, to save him? Once the cattle have been split up, that's when the tiger strikes. Him and us, we're all each other has. Just push, goddammit! As Dolrin leans back into his pushing, A new crack heralds the end of the loose tree, and the rear end of the cart loses its support as the farthest tree is pulled from the ground and swept away in the runoff. The current pushes on the unsupported end of the cart, and the front end swings around, leaving the whole cart free to follow the loosed tree. Back on the road, Oscar is dragged backwards five feet as the current takes the doomed cart farther down the bank, braying in distress. The sudden movement pulls Oscar free from Rogar and Dalrin's grip and pushes the donkey past them, and the two dwarves have to turn around and catch the loops on Oscar's bit, now pulling the donkey as they look him straight in the eyes. Oscar's backward movement slows and then stops, 
The current is stronger than ever without the trees to brace against, but the new angle of the cart lets its wheels work in their favor. Rogyar and Dolrin adjust their grip and renew their desperate pulling. Come on, Oscar! Come on, boy! The cart moves up the slope a foot, then another, and after a full grueling minute of straining and stumbling, the cart sits safely on the road. Rogyar helps the old man down from his cart, trembling from fatigue. As lightning flashes across the sky again, the man pulls Rogyar and Dolrin close in an embrace of gratitude. Bless you, princes of the mountains! Bless you! He releases them, and Rogyar sends a look back over the side of the road. I'm sorry we couldn't save your horse, friend. The man places an absolving hand on Rogyar's shoulder. You did what you could. What about yours? How's your donkey faring after that? Oh, Oscar's a hearty one. He'll be just fine. Then help me lash my cart to yours and hop in and cover up. I'll take it from here. We have to get to higher ground. We can exchange pleasantries when it's safe. And as the scene ends, we can see Rogier and Dalaran following the man's advice as they work together and help each other weather the terrible storm. And Rogier, you are gently woken up by Thalias's prodding. Hey, pal. And uh, it has begun lightly drizzling. Oh, is it time for my watch already? Yep, you guessed it. Nothing to see here, so I'm a head to bed. I pat him on the shoulder. All right. Um, so yeah, then Rhaegar would go and wake up Uhtred for, for their watch and take what cover we could from the the incoming rain. Now, Uhtred and I have functionally had our full rest at this point, right? Yes. So that's what, 5 HP we heal? Yes. Cool. All right. So yeah, I uh, wake up Uhtred and it's time for our watch. Oh, is it our turn already? Uh-huh. Indeed it is, lad. Oh, we're... Where's Thalias? Why are you waking me up? Well, he woke me up and went to bed, I guess. Uh, I guess it was my turn to wake you up. Oh, I guess so. I hope everything's okay. Yeah, he seemed fine. Well, he seemed fine last night, and then he woke up with some fucking elk. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I never, never tell with that man. He is a strange one, but very loyal, that one. Oh, without a I'm doubt. I'm crying in my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, we certainly would not have made it this far without him. I don't think we would have made it this far without all of us. A little smile on my face. As as usual, Rogar, always speaking words of wisdom. Uhtred gives uh, Rogar like a f- friendly clap on the shoulder, or like arm around the shoulder to pat his far shoulder. What would be the appropriate knowledge check to see what I know about? What did Yondo call the whispering, like those people that were going through town were part of the whispering way? Yeah, uh, you can give me knowledge history or knowledge geography. Knowledge history or geography. History it is. All right. Ooh, daddy, LR power dice, natural 20. I know everything. No, you don't know <laughs> they're everything. Full, they're full history <laughs> trees, outposts, <laughs> rankings, commands. Stat blocks. Yeah. Everything. With knowledge history, and that's a, it looks like you got a 27 total, you would actually know that while these days the Whispering Ways main focus is around protecting and serving and like freeing Tarbafan, the Whispering Tyrant. Uh, but you know that that 
the Whispering Way actually uh, predates Tarbaphon. Interesting. It is actually just, it's simply based off of a philosophy of uh, the world will stop hurting when everybody in it is undead. Mm. You can't hurt people when they don't feel anything. Correct. And that includes physical, emotional, mental maladies. It perhaps started with noble sentiments, uh, if a bit misguided. Even to this day, even with Tarbaphon throwing the mix, uh, that's ultimately their their goal to see to see a Galarian fully inhabited, or at least you know dominated by the undead. So, correct me if, but it sounds like what you're saying is that the Whispering Way was essentially a belief system, kind of religious like thing, where it was based around we want to end suffering and making everyone undead was the way to do that. And then Tarbafan kind of took that idea and belief and had the power to like mutilate it into his own gains. Uh, not so much. I mean, the whispering way, like even if it did start, you know, as like, you know, we, we can help everybody by making everybody undead. That didn't last for very long. It's been a nefarious secret organization for, you know, okay. v- very long. Tarbafon did not, you know, corrupt So it's them. more in the shadows. Yes, it is a secret organization. Uh, and Tarbafon showed up and was simply, and he, and he was a follower of the Whispering Way. And he is simply like the single most powerful person in that organization, perhaps that that organization's ever seen. And so it just kind of followed that he kind of was calling the shots. And that's still kind of the case to this day. But the organization, at least as it was conceptualized, it does not exist to serve him. It exists to see that goal. And that is still the case. But... With Tarbafon being as powerful as he is, uh, doing what he wants is, you know, usually to, in line with their goal, right? And also the the best way of meeting that goal because he has the right. power to make that happen more than pretty much anybody else. Now, remind me when we were talking with Keisha Keish in character in game, was there actual specific mention of Tarbafon? Maybe being involved with the ovals, several. Uh, okay. Maybe not specifically to the obols, but he was all over your tarot, your harrow th- reading. Yeah, that's what I thought I remembered, but I didn't remember if it was ever just Kishikis pointedly said him, or it was kind of like that heavy hinting without actually saying the name. Right now, uh, he was he. So the whispering tyrant uh, was. Uh, a big factor in your past, according to the Harrow reading. And the Oballs, their their inclusion into your being happened in your past. So you could interpret that, you know, looking back and reflecting on it. Does that mean Tarbafon was, whether directly or indirectly, responsible for the Oballs right. getting put in you? Maybe. Alright, as I'm kind of you know, rummaging through my mind space to remember what I know about the Whispering Way. At some point, I think I would strike up that conversation with Rogyar 
You know, Rogyar, as I sit here kind of thinking, the Whispering Way certainly goes back long before you or I. It predates back to the war with Tarbafan and before that. I'm starting to feel more and more. I mean, why, why would they be here at Rossler's Coffer if he wasn't involved somehow? We're finding all these undead creatures in the town? I certainly don't know. You're you're a well, well more studied in these matters than I am. I just know I want to get out of here. And I think going through them is probably the way we're going to have to do it. I'm, I think you might be right, Rugyar, but how, how could we go through the Whispering Tyrant? I mean... Well, last I checked, he's not here. Thank well, the gods. Is he? Could he be out, possibly? Before everything happened that night, yeah, I would have said he's still stuck in the mountain, but what if he's out now? What if us coming back really did cause the end of mankind? Well, even if that's the case, it's too late to change it now, right? All we can do is press on and try to fix whatever mistake we may have caused, but I still I still choose life every time. Well, I certainly don't disagree there, Rogar. You know I'm not one to just give up, but I we must fight the Whispering Tyrant again. This is bigger than all of us. We're, we're talking about all the major cities and kingdoms will be needed to fight this. And that very well may be true, but you may be putting the uh, cart before the donkey there, boy. Let's let's focus on getting ourselves out of this current predicament and then see what we can do from there, huh? No use worrying about things that <laughs> that you can't even see. At least not yet. Fair enough. But I guess while I can, I want to take a moment to just say thank you, Rogar. You've been a, a good friend long before we journeyed the dead roads. And to be honest, I really don't have many of those, so... Whatever happens, just know I've always appreciated and respected you. Aye, you've been a good friend too, lad. It's good to see you opening up too. Well, better now than before I'm an undead. <laughs> Very true. How many knowledge checks could you make in, say, a watch? As many as you want. So could I make another knowledge check, but this time in relation to Rossler himself? I don't know if I've already done that. I think you already did one, like, back in the tomb, like, when we woke up about Roslar. You did, but you are allowed to re-roll intelligence-based checks each time you gain a new skill point. Ooh, I've definitely gotten skill points since then. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, may maybe just uh, maybe just knowledge through the universe as he uh, traversed the plains. I don't know how else... I mean, it could, be, might, may could have. be like putting together clues that he saw in the tomb compared with like notes that he's already known from living in the town I did and stuff like that. Kisha Kisha's uh, like library. So like maybe I saw something in there that sparked like, oh yeah, I remember about that. Okay. Uh, so yeah, give me a uh, knowledge history check about Roslar. Can he do it twice in a row back to back? He can! 
No way. No, the power dice is real. It's so real. Can I roll another 20 to know everything? Like, what happens? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Hold on. Because the, fir the first 20 wasn't related to this 20. Hold your jets until you have a third knowledge that you want to roll. And we'll then we'll talk. Holy don't hold your jets. Yeah. So, that's another roll the third 20. I don't have another thing I want to know about yet. <laughs> All right. I didn't know I was going to do two in a row. So, as somebody who has spent a good amount of time in Roslar's coffer, you automatically know that Irvin Roslar participated in the Shining Crusade almost a thousand years ago, where he died a hero. You know that he was uh, smitten with Arasni, the uh, the Red Crusader and Herald of Aradin, um, and he, and she was the uh, patron saint of the Knights of Ozum. And uh, and those you, are who we're supposed to go find when we get out of Rosser's Coffer, right? Correct. The current yeah. Knights of Ozum. Yes, those guys are still around. You do seem to recall a, a cloud of scandal that hung over Roslar after his heroic death. Um, like, new information was kind of made public about something maybe a bit shady that he did. You know that his tomb was built in Roslar's Coffer, uh, but you know that... Uh, the the scandal you know there was an investigation uh into uh whatever the scandal was and while nothing official was ever was ever released publicly roslar's coffer itself and the the tomb was kind of uh you know maybe was originally going to be like a bigger deal like geographically might have been like a like a bigger city and like Whatever, whatever this scandal was, maybe had a bit of uh, credence to it, and so the any like significance, importance that the settlement Roslar's coffer would have had, uh, maybe dropped significantly because of that, and uh, that is why Roslar's coffer today was just kind of a border town. Gotcha, and the tomb was built like underneath the town so is there uh, entrance it's, to the tomb in the graveyard or some or somewhere nearby yes you know that the roslar's tomb is located in the cemetery at the southeastern edge of roslar's coffer and uh, is that where that like uh apparition of the land is the what that the light that we were gonna go see before um Vipira fell on her head and got paralyzed yeah so the light <laughs> yeah <laughs> The you you do remember you you saw this like big glowing light uh, seemed to be like at the like the cemetery gates. Okay, okay. These dots and, are starting to turn into a line. And you've been inside Roslar's tomb. That's where you woke up in at the start of your adventure. Well, and you do you do recall it being like a subterranean affair with the yeah. the entrance being like on the ground level and then it going down from there like most like most crypts but i think for utrid the desire to want to check it out now is we woke up in it we didn't like walk up to a graveyard go down into it right like right. and then when we walked out of it we didn't walk out into the graveyard of rosso's coffer so like is it still there i see what you're saying i like, like maybe like i definitely think when we go see the light uh utrid wants to like try and go into the tomb like will he be able to will it be there 
If it is there, is that even more puzzling? Does that mean maybe we weren't actually in Rossler's coffer or Rossler's tomb? Mm, interesting. Holy shit. Were we actually in Rossler's tomb? Or were we just made to believe this? <laughs> well, I, I don't even oh. know what knowledge I rolled to figure some, that out. Some existential <laughs> shit there. <laughs> uh, give me a knowledge planes check, actually. Oh, here comes the trip 20, baby. Oh, 16 for another 27. How did that oh work? My God. Oh, because my knowledge planes is higher than my knowledge history. Okay. Yeah. That is three 27s in a row. So you know that the boneyard, the 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 plane of existence that Phrasma rolls over, uh, where you guys woke up in, it has a tendency to create reflections, echoes of burial sites on the material plane. As the the material plane and its different burial sites, not just on the planet that you live on, but in any uh, civil and any planet with civilized races in the entire universe, uh, just as the, the material plane is infinite, the boneyard itself is also infinite, and the infinite number of graves, crypts, and mausoleums is reflected in the boneyard. So when Roslar's tomb was built on the material plane, with, with the intention to be used as a burial site. Uh, like the psychic impressions left reflecting that motivation and spiritualism uh, created a reflection on the boneyard to match. Now, you said specifically burial site, not site of death. Correct. So did somebody pick us up and bring us to the tomb then? Because we weren't in the tomb when we died. The last thing... Uhtred remembers is being in the bar having a drink with Rogyar. Mm-hmm. And then when we woke up in that tomb, we were in, like, the room where Roslar's, like, top companions were buried, like the Red Strikes. Right. So if it's a reflection of your burial site, that means somehow our bodies, and we were all in different spots in the town, got actually moved and buried in the tomb. So here's a question I'm just going to throw at you, uh, because not too far from Roslar's tomb was the town of Roslar's coffer. With a 27, you'll also know that uh, in the event that a large, like if, like, you know, old lady dies in her sleep, her spirit, you know, goes to the boneyard and psychopomps are like, you're dead. And she's like, I know. And she moves on. Uh you know, then you got like maybe like a younger man dies from like a like a like a rock slide or something, and he go his spirit goes to the boneyard and they're like, You're dead, and he's like, This can't be right. And they're like, Don't worry, we're gonna let's do a whole like like a whole Christmas special about, you know, how it's okay that you're dead and you can move on. After the special's over, he's like, Alright, I'm ready. But in the case of a huge amount of people dying at once, uh, there's usually, you know, more of a process to it. Hence why an echo of Roslar's coffer, the entire town, came into being in the Boneyard, where everybody was able to kind of operate under business as usual until uh, appointed psychopomps, or in the case of Roslar's coffer, some adventurers uh, who are more competent than the psychopomps came along and helped them uh, accept that they were dead. So... 
Here's so adventurers who are more competent than the psychopomps whose job it is to do this. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you guys appeared not too long, not too far away from Roslar's tomb, or from uh, Roslar's coffer. And there are some significant differences between you and the folks of Roslar's coffer. One of the big ones was geography. You weren't in the same place. They wound up in the town, you wound up in the tomb. Second big difference, you were alive. They were dead. Third big difference, you have these obols in your hearts. So, here's the question. Did you actually die? Yes. Well, at least according to Umble and Thute, because we had headstones that showed our death date, and then they were cracked. That's true. And they true. made a big deal about those never being wrong. So did somebody, did we die and someone put us in the tomb and bring us back to life? I'm wondering if those headstones were cracked because whoever put those obols on our heart prevented us from dying at the so that's at the decided what, time. Like the infallible so, tombstones were nonetheless proven wrong and that caused the crack. Yeah. Well, so that's what I originally thought too, Matt. Like when we were they were first telling us about that, I was like and then we found out about the obols. I was like, "Oh, those protected us from dying." But if we didn't actually die, how did we end up in the tomb in the boneyard? What if we died, somebody put us in the tomb as our burial, and did some kind of, you know, I don't know if it's a sacrifice or spell or whatever, ritual, that then the obols, are the obols the only thing keeping us alive? Oh, you're welcome to cut them out of your hearts and find out. Well, we just assumed that they saved us, but what if they're giving us our life? They're they're your arc reactors. (laughs) I'm wondering, I think I kind of see where Nick's going here. Like, are you wondering if, like, the Whispering Way kept us alive or brought us back to life for some reason? Not not so much the Whispering Way. I'm wondering if somebody or some organization did, but... I'm, what I'm wondering is if if we died, the green light went off and we died, was there somebody that came into the town before Yondo? Well, one thing that uh, the the graveyard is just a plane. So uh, we could be uh, the, brought there by the boneyard. Uh the boneyard, sorry. Uh could be we could be brought there by uh, a planar shift spell or anything like that, I presume. Yeah. Um, so we might have just arrived there alive by unknown means. That's also possible. Maybe? Going, what, going back what to what... What advantage is that? I don't know. Going back to what Nick was saying, because I, I feel like he's kind of like groping his way closer to, to this uh, possibility. It sounds like Nick thinks that there's at least a slim possibility that you guys might come across your own corpses it could be right like i I, we don't know like if we died there would be a body now i will say wait also hold on where are the rest of the bodies of the town and whispering ways here that was kind of my thinking too is like all the bodies that we've seen seem like they've been pretty well like decomposed like would we even recognize our own bodies if we came across them have we seen bodies though i thought we saw animal bodies You've seen elk, and you've seen, like, mutated animals. Yeah, you haven't come across any, uh, like, 
reanimated people. But Yando did say that he saw dead bodies get back up and start moving as undead. Are our bodies going to still be in Rossler's tomb? That would be crazy. That somebody either knew this was going to happen or saw it happen. And some also had some knowledge of knowing that if they put bodies in Rossler's tomb, they would be protected from being reanimated. But then where did we get the ovals from? I don't know. I think I think there was another person in Rossler's coffer besides <laughs> the way and Yondo. What if we're uh, what if we're just puppets and uh, life is a lie? I don't know, but I love this. I one of my favorite things as a GM <laughs> is having a, having there be a mystery and just like you can just kind of like you you play the game, you uncover the clues, you get to the you get to the end and you're like the GM's like and here's the here's the answer everyone's like huh okay that was fun and that's fine but to to have the the players just like turn everything over and like really try to figure out what's going on I love that and I can't wait to dive deeper into it but in the meantime let's get a perception check from Utrid and Rogyar <laughs> my mind is clearly on way other things than this watch i rolled a natural one for a five i also rolled a natural one for a 12 yeah it, it's you're not as calm as you were coming off <laughs> well you got in my head with all that talk about like the world ending now <laughs> oh my all right uh everything seems perfect all right well, I uh, disagree. Did you not hear everything I was just saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, as we get towards the uh, the end of the watch, you know, you can see the the sun starting. Well, we don't actually see the sun because of that yellow dome, but you see the sky start to like brighten as the sun is coming up. Uh, Rogiar is going to kind of look at Utrid. He's clearly been had had something on his mind all night. Maybe it's what Utrid was talking about. Maybe it was something else. But, um, yeah, Rogier turns to Uhtred. Uh, hey, lad, uh, I think I need, uh, to head into town by myself for a little while today. Uh, by yourself? I don't think that's the best of ideas. Can I ask why? It's, uh, it's kind of a, a private family matter that I need to attend to. Don't worry, lad, I'll be safe. I've got, uh, I've got my spirit with me, and the the little air spirit kind of like floats around and does a little loop and then returns um, and I can I can stick to the rooftops to to travel through so I won't even be on the streets I, personally I would feel better if someone went with you and I think you should ask the others how they feel the idea of one of us just wandering off alone that we know there's whispering way patrolling. Aye, and I've got eyes in the sky to warn me if they get close. I'm not in the habit of taking anything on by myself. I just, I need some time alone today. Well, I mean, you're a grown man, Rogiar, but I definitely don't like this idea. I, I'm not terribly keen on the idea myself, but it's something I have to do. I, I guess you have to do it then. Uh, Rogiar kind of nods to Udre, like, thank you, I'll, uh... I'm not exactly sure how long I'll be, but I promise I'll return. Well, I suppose keep an eye for uh, keep an eye out for my 
air spirit here. If it, if it comes back without me, then that'll be your, I guess, your signal that everything didn't go according to plan. But I'll be careful. And Roger just starts, like, bounding off, like, jumping through the, the field and back towards town. That old man's a fool. All right. Well, uh, I would prepare my spells and cast Mage Armor on myself with the Rod of Extend. And then I would slowly start waking uh, everyone else up. All right. Uh, so that'd be about an hour. So an hour to prepare your spells. And I imagine Rogiar had this conversation with Uhtred probably about an hour before uh, watches ended. Yeah, enough time for him to, to like head into town before everyone started waking up and thinking to really try and follow him. Okay. So, Matt, would you like to uh, regale us with... Uh, Rogiar's destination. Yeah, uh, Rogiar is heading back to the town square. He saw how much Vipira was really struggling trying to get through to Nigel and Mary, and that really that really struck a chord with him, especially with how he had to deal with his own son dying and moving on, and knowing that as long as those two spirits are there, just just knowing that they are bound and stuck here is going to haunt Vipira. So while she is kind of stuck resting and recuperating, he wants to do this for her. He wants to to clean up the square so they so that this couple can move on so that she can have the same closure that that Rogiar got. All right. So Rogiar arrives at the square and uh You've got a lot of work ahead of you. You look around and you're looking at about eight hours of work uh, to, now that the crisp flower is gone, remove the other weeds, tearing up roots uh, around the flower beds. You can give me a knowledge nature check to uh, reduce that time to four hours. Uh, That's a 15. Okay, that is not high enough. You know that when you're done with that, you're going to have to find suitable flowers to replace the weeds. And that's going to take uh, at least one hour and either a knowledge nature or survival check. Okay. And when you're done with that, <laughs> you have to clean up the pool around the flower beds. And you know that that's going to take you about four hours. You can make a knowledge engineering check to reduce that total amount down to two hours. <laughs> No, I can't. Okay. <laughs> and then you know that it's going to take another hour to drop enough fresh water from the wet for the town's well to refill the pool once it's clean. So you're looking at <laughs> <laughs> about 14 hours at least of uh, labor. There's no way Uhtred would yeah. wait 14 hours. You got, like, six at max before I'm like, <laughs> fuck it, I'm going looking. Right. Well, like I said, it, I mean, like I said, it was going to be eight hours just to, like, clear out the weeds. So I figure that's where that's where Rogar is going to start. Now, okay. if there was two sets of hand, would it go twice as quick on all the tasks? Yep. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Rogar just kind of takes this in, assesses how much work he's got to do, and just kind of, well, rolls up his sleeves and he, he gets to work. 
probably something that he can finally like wrap his head around something that he's like this is something that i can do this is something that i that i know i'm capable of and also i feel like i should firmly mention that i do have my spirit manifested and it is like just flying maybe like you know like 100 feet up just like doing laps like just looking at the streets around me so it can send like that danger sense to me if something's getting close so i can go and hide sure uh all right so let's uh let's cut back after Rogiar, uh, like he like picks his first weed, and then we'll cut back to the uh, to Yando's blind, and we'll cut to uh, Uhtred, uh finishing his spell preparation. You can, uh, you know, do your like mage armor, etc., ablutions, and then uh, wake everybody up. Okay, so I I start waking them up, and when I wake Yando up, I'll say, Yando, I'm sure up and kind of moving about a little bit and I did have a question I wanted to ask you but it, it can wait take your time and really get up yeah not and until I, after uh, I've had my coffee I, I, I totally understand so I'm gonna go wake up Vipira now and I scurry off to wake up Vipira okay Vipira you feel another point of dexterity damage Vipira how are you feeling any better uh I, I kind of move around the joints a little bit. I'm still a little bit, uh, I'm still a little bit of achy. I feel like, uh, another four hours will, uh, benefit me most. Well, I'm, I'm sure Elias will be the most beneficial for you. Let, let me go get him and have him cast his restoration spells on you. Yeah, make sure he doesn't Just, roll two ones. <laughs> oh my god, uh, it's a roll. <laughs> it's 1d4 1d4 dude don't go anywhere Vipira like you <laughs> <laughs> nah I go I go wake up start shaking Thalias 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 get up we need your restoration spells for Vipira ah yes yes of course and I hurry up and uh, put my armor on and get ready and rub my hands together and let's do this Right. Uh, so it takes you an hour to uh, meditate and prepare your spells. Yeah, 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 yeah. It takes me a million years to put my armor on, too. Yep. Okay. Yep. Fast forward, and now, rub my hands together. Power dice emanate through me by Shaylin's might. Oh, Jesus Christ. Three. <laughs> it's a three. Wait, Joe, are you rolling physical dice? Fuck yeah, I am. I got metal <laughs> dice in the mail. <laughs> but we... I can't Joe. roll them recording. <laughs> what? That's, that's not how a power dice work, by the way, buddy. What? I'll I'll take the you, three though. You you just yeah, take the three. All right, you take hold the... it in your hand. <laughs> but I rolled the other one like this. Can't I just roll that one? You really shouldn't, because like it it it's a vibration, right? So it keeps going. So it's not just cut out one little quick part. I'll roll it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Four. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. And I guess we'll just take his word on that. Powerful man of all time. <laughs> you know, I've learned over the years that. Like, especially me, whatever I roll is, it's just fate. It was meant to be whatever roll it was. So you, yeah. I promise you can trust me. Whatever roll it was, indeed. <laughs> uh, I, I'm like, uh, I'm kind of ecstatic at that point. Like, uh, after the first one, I was just like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel way better. But like, you know, just a, just a touch bit more. And then like, after that second one, I'm just like. Oh, I'm ready to get up. Like, oh, it's like when I went to the chiropractor. Like, Thalys is like, 
Plus, is like, Vipera, lay face down on this log. And then he, like, just, like, grabs her by, like, the chin and the and the forehead. And he's just, like, like angle your face this way. And then just... <laughs> you might just, feel a slight popping. <laughs> yeah. And Vipera's just... Oh! <laughs> you hit it. Oh, man. It's been needing to crack for all my life. I didn't even know it. So... That's seven points of dexterity damage that got healed. Yeah, supposedly. Just, oh man, rest yeah, the, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> just, just rest till noon, and then you get one more. So, are yeah. you effectively not at a penalty anymore? Because you're only one off of total. Yeah, that's true. Cool. Technically, Viper is not at like a mechanical penalty right now. Yeah, I, I'm actually like, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't need to wait until that rest. Uh, because right now I'm functionally fine. Oh, that's going to bite you in the ass. Uh, <laughs> Just you wait. <laughs> I have 16 dex damage with your name on it. <laughs> when you uh, kind of pop up, Uchi's going to look at the Elias and say, my faith is never misplaced in you, and give him a clap on the shoulder. I nod approvingly, and, you know, the clap on the shoulder is going to turn into a hug. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, um, you'll be surprised how many people you can make proud when you can hide your dice rolls and say whatever <laughs> you want. Nah, hey, no, no, but in fairness, yes, this is the DM who never shows us his dice yeah, rolls. Right. <laughs> and in fairness, Uhtred has been Thalias's biggest supporter. Well, maybe not Uhtred, but Nick has been all about Joe's healings are primo in this campaign. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I literally was just like, Thalias will be the most beneficial to you. And Just they're so about to get I... better than ever now that we don't need to actually see what he rolls. The salt. Well, no. So now salt. that I know how the power dice work, like I'm fine with that as well. But um, also, I think you can count on me to roll ones and announce proudly that they're <laughs> ones if they are indeed ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah his know. reaction was pretty genuine. Yeah, and maybe not proudly, but honestly, he was... <laughs> uh, right, right. I mean, proudly <laughs> that it's so bad that only I could fuck it up like that. Uh, I don't know. I could hear all too clearly Joe going, Oh, yeah, natural one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, so at this point, uh, it will probably start dawning on everybody that uh, Rogiar is not around. Vibira looks at um Uhtred, who was the last person to see him <laughs> hey uh Uhtred, where uh where where's rogiar rogiar oh that's right <laughs> i don't know last <laughs> i remember we were on watch Oh, nah, uh, what? <laughs> See, seeing the terror on Viperia's face, you should say, "Oh, no, no, no! I'm, I'm just messing with you, Viperia." He, he mentioned that he needed some time to himself today, and to himself, I know. I trust me. I definitely was not a fan of it, and I let him know. But and then you let him go. Well, you you say that as if there any one of us can stop the other one from doing what we want. Well, do you have a do you at least have a specific location in which he went into so that way we can check on him? He said he was going into town and headed back in the way we were headed yesterday. He said he would keep his familiar up above scouting for the whispering way. So I imagine if we want now that you seem to be back to strength, we could just head into town and look at the the sky for his familiar and find him like that 
Yeah, that bird will keep him safe. Now that I say it, if we can do that, anyone could do that. Maybe we should go check on Rogyar. Uh, I'm already hurriedly grabbing my things. Yeah. Elksy is shaking his head, disapproving at you, Nick. I am not in charge of any of you. Uh, Vipira looks at Thelias. If you don't mind, uh, can you uh, hit me up with a uh, uh, with some heels? I uh, oh, Vipira the heels? leech over yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> oh, uh, that's right. Like yeah. actual lay on hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay on or hands. Okay. Just smack her with the bead. All right. Let's. Yeah. The... If you oh, just do you want the bead? If you smack me with the bead, I I'm at. at 21 out of 46 right now. Yeah, like, let's I'm see what bit, your power dice can really do. Yeah, it's bead time. All right, so you're saying I hold a D8 in my hand. Yep. That's 3D8 plus 5. It's like a magic item, as long as it's in your possession. Yeah. Power course through me! Yeah, Boom. baby. Boom. 23. Oh. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm yep. telling you, the power dice is a real fucking thing. Dude. <laughs> Until proven otherwise, I'm a believer. <laughs> Uh, Vipira like hugs you is just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like she was next to nothing like she was down she she got hurt yesterday and like she was just kind of wishing for death after that combat and now she's just like fuck yeah never mind like all right we have this guy on our team like you know this could happen 15 more times like <laughs> let's just rely on him. <laughs> just sprints towards the town. I haven't learned a thing! <laughs> what a joyous day. Uh, yeah. The gods have done absolutely nothing for me, but Thelias, though. Like, yeah. <laughs> he is my it's, new god. It's all Shaylin, baby. Thelias is going to convert Vipira to a Shaylin worshiper at this rate. Yeah, I'm I'm already there. Like, she's been doing wonders. Okay, so you guys start heading into town. What do you do? Uh, I want to make a perception check as we're going into town, scanning the like above the houses to see if I can see his familiar. Uh, sure, Alter- that's a good idea. Alternatively, uh, anybody who wants to can give me survival checks to try to track them down. Um, also, just a, a quick quick pause. So I said it was uh, like kind of lightly drizzling this morning. It is still drizzling, and as you uh, you head out past the trees, there is a, a moderate wind uh, blowing through the town as well. And this combination of weather effects is going to give everybody a minus two on perception checks, and. Uh, any uh, any tiny flames like candles are automatically extinguished from the uh, the rain, and uh, there's a 50% chance to extinguish uh, unprotected flames like torches from the wind. Um, Vipira says to the group, "Well, due to the winds and uh, all this rain, I feel like the easiest way to find him would be closer to the center. I don't know if we could see one end of the town to the other from." This distance makes well, sense to me. It's definitely a good starting place. Okay, uh, let's cut back to Rogyar. It's been about three hours since you started. Okay. And you've like, it was just a light drizzle, but by now you've probably 
more or less soaked. Yeah. And uh, you get a, a distress signal from your familiar. Getting that, I immediately like go and hop up on like a nearby roof and like hunker down to get kind of like a vantage of the square without being obviously visible from the square. And your familiar would also tell you that the the danger that it saw is currently coming from the east. Okay. So yeah, I would hunker down on, you know, a building on the western edge of the square. So you see four people uh, approaching the uh, the square. Uh, three of them look like uh, file and rank, like cultists, these tattered robes. Uh, but one of them uh, wields this big old scythe and uh, appears female. And she's clearly uh, the one in charge, just from uh, everybody's body language. As they approach the square, you can hear that they're they're having this you know just a loud conversation about nothing in particular uh the just the three uh, uh underlings seem to be kind of uh bored with doing another patrol they're just well here we are again approaching the town square and nothing is different again but tell me about it i could make a map of this town by now the uh the female who has this like taut purple skin she's like walking in the front of the group and she stops and she turns around and she says and she like hisses she's like silence oh if I need to listen to one more minute of your squabbling I'll kill you where you stand they're just like oh uh, they seem pretty uh pretty afraid of this of this lady so they uh they continue they enter the the town square and as they do, uh, Rogyar, you see the uh, the spirits of Nigel and Mary stir on their on the front front uh, front porch. Oh, if these two spirits give me away, I swear to fucking God. <laughs> they say, they, "Oh, look who it is! It's more more passers by, but do you think they're going to stop and clean up the square? Of course not. They're just going to walk on by. They don't care." And uh, the ladies just. And you, I'm so sick of listening to your complaining. Just move on already. I'm so sick of you. Why can't you just leave? Mary's like, that's no way to talk to an elder, young lady. Now, if you have any sense, you should stop what you're doing and pull a weed at least. And she like stamps her foot in frustration. She's like, I told you I'm not going I'm not going to be your gardener in this square. I have more important things to do. And I was like, really important things like what? She's like, I'm not telling you. And it's just this really <laughs> like really weirdly petty uh, argument <laughs> that she's stopping and having with these ghosts. Like out of frustration, she's just and she like swings her scythe in it. Uh, it just like uh, like clips right through Nigel and Mary and uh, it passes through them unharmed. You need to watch that temper of yours. It's going to get you in trouble one of these days. And she's, oh, enough of this. And then she like stops and <laughs> she like looks around. She looks like she like smells something. She turns to the cultist. She says, do you see anything? And they're going to roll perception. Rogier, I'd like you to make a stealth check. Please. I was going to say, should I roll stealth for being up here? Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, any hero roll, points? 
You're rolling stealth with cover. I don't have any hero points, but what I do have is a fistful of power dice. (laughs) (laughs) Power. It's too much power. I found the whole fucking stockpile. I got a whole fistful of power (laughs) dice right here. Oh, so Matt did have the stockpile. (laughs) Well, well, well. Make sure you don't edit that out, Matt. <laughs> they were in with all of like the, the stuff we have stored for giveaways and whatnot. I found them when I was getting out the prizes for the art contest a couple weeks ago. <laughs> nice. Um, well, they've made a triumphant return. Yes. Now show them who's boss. Fistful of power. Okay, so that's a 17 total. Okay. And then a minus two to their uh, perception. For the rain, that's correct. That means... So I just rolled for the three cultists. None of them rolled higher than a 10. <laughs> now let's see about this lady. Where's her perception? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I'm glad uh, Uchard said his, uh, his goodbyes to you know, Rogiar in the morning. I'd call the, like, peeking over the, the rooftop, uh, uh, improved cover, so that's plus 10, so... Okay. Uh, that's effectively, what, a 27? Yep. Okay. Alright, I feel a little better about this. <laughs> Alright, so... Even factoring in the rain, she got a 30. Wow. Oof. So, she's sniffing around. <sighs> and Rogar maybe... I don't know if you're, like, still peeking over the side or if you, like, ducked out of sight or if you were, like, too afraid to make a sudden movement to duck out of sight and you're you're just kind of, like, trying to... Don't mind me, I'm just a gargoyle up here. <laughs> but she, uh... She cranes her neck up at the rooftops on the west side of the square. There's someone hiding up there. Someone... Alive. Rogiar, roll initiative. Uh, I got a 13. Okay, so it's the scythe woman's turn, and she just says, Go up there and get him, you fools! And on their turns, the cultists will do something. But right now, it is Rogiar's turn. Okay, Rogiar is going to uh, start running north and like jump from rooftop to rooftop, just... He's he's not staying here to fight. He's jumping away. Why don't you just tell me in what direction are you fleeing? I figure the easiest spot would be to start by heading west. Just because, I mean, just looking at the map, there's like there's the roof that I'm on. There's another building, looks like just to my west, and then some more buildings over there, and that at least puts some barriers between themselves and myself for sight purposes so that I can at least get out of sight and then keep moving and and kind of throw off the trail. Okay. So, Rogar, give me an acrobatics check. Alright. How's a 30 sounding? That sounds um, great. That, uh, that equates out to a 60 foot lateral jump. Okay. So you, uh, you take a great big leap to the next rooftop. Before that, the the scythe woman she knew that you were there, but hadn't seen you yet. But now, like you're, it's like very clear that somebody's there. You're leaping through the air, and you hear 
you hear her hiss. Like, there he goes! After him! And uh, you hear uh, Nigel and Mary very faintly like, Oh, thanks for visiting us, Rogiar. Come back again real soon. Oh, they used my <laughs> name, those jackasses. <laughs> Dude, right? And the cultists give chase, followed shortly by the scythe woman. And I'd like everybody else to give me perception checks. Uchi got a 13. Viper got a 22. Fly's got a 19. Okay, Yando got an 18. So Yando, Thalias, and Vipira would all hear uh, distantly. You guys are still, I'd say at this point, you're still about a block away from the square, but you distantly hear a like a, like a hissing voice screaming, There he goes! Get him, you fools! That's our key. Go, go, go! Vipira Naruto runs all... <laughs> <laughs> like hands behind her back just and he says yeah it's about fucking time we brought the fight to these whispering white fucks absolutely I love this guy <laughs> and we'll see you next week oh, oh god fucking damn on it. the inspired and confidence podcast he lures you in oh, and then he ends the episode see ya fucking oh god damn it see ya see ya see ya